Hey everyone, I know you've heard me speak about microdosing and how much I love it. And I'm talking about microdosing THC. I love it. And that's why I love our sponsor, microdose.com. Microdose gummies are incredible. They deliver perfect entry-level doses of THC that help you feel just the right amount of good. And when I mean just the right amount of good, I mean in so many situations, anxiety, sleep, focus, pain, relaxation. There are so many different strains and they're really helpful. And I have recommended microdose.com to so many people. And you know what they say to me? Thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Don't be afraid of microdosing. Go to microdose.com and you'll learn all about microdosing THC. These gummies feel amazing. They taste amazing. I have used them to get me into the zone I need to write. I've used them at night after a stressful day or a stressful show to relax. I have also said to family members, please take a gummy right now. And they've said, oh, good idea. So check it out. Check it out because they're fantastic. And I'm not like a big weed person. I mean, I used to be. And I do enjoy, I do enjoy weed every now and then, but I love, I love these gummies and I take them with me everywhere. So check it out. Don't be afraid. They're all natural. They're fantastic. And you deserve it. So what are you going to do? You're going to do something that is fantastic. You're going to get 30% off your first order. 30% off. That's a lot. Plus free shipping today at microdose.com. Use promo code Judy Gold, J-U-D-Y-G-O-L-D. It's available nationwide. They deliver it to your door. That is microdose.com, promo code Judy Gold for 30% off and free shipping. Do it. Go to microdose.com, promo code Judy Gold. You deserve it. You deserve it. And you know what else? You're welcome. Well, I don't see the point in waiting any longer. So let's bring her out. The star attraction, the one you came to see. Ladies and gentlemen, the one, the only, Miss Judy Gold. Welcome to Kill Me Now, yeah! Hey everyone, welcome to uh, this week's episode of Kill Me Now. Um, Hennessy is not here. And I have Leonard Marcus. Lenny Marcus. Hello, Judy. Thank you. Thank you for being here, Lenny. Anytime you need me, Judy. Wow, that sounded really sincere. Patrick is on the board. Hello. He won't talk. But I'm so excited about today. So am I. This is going to be good. Really? Yeah. I got a million questions. I know, right? Yep. I think we're going to be here for hours. (laughs) It's good with me. All right. Ladies and gentlemen. I have nothing to do to my next doctor appointment. (laughs) (laughs) I like it. That was a Jewish comment. Ladies and gentlemen, the amazing comedy writer. I mean, you're a legend. I mean, and for women, you've done. Yeah, I'm big with women in their 60s. Yeah. I'm in my 50s. Yeah, well, 50s and 60s. I'm and, in my and, 30s. And also gay men of the yes, same age. Yes, gay, yeah. Because of that girl. They right. love the clothes. Right. 
There, there we go, <clears throat> ladies and gentlemen. The one and only Bill Persky. Is How do here. you do? I'm so happy Yay. to be here. Hi, Lenny. Hi, Bill. Bill, I can't believe it. I've been dying to get you. Well, I'm. You got me. I got you, Bill for Persky. As, for as long as you want. Um. So, Bill, let's start at the beginning. Okay. Well, I, I mean, um, of you're the, the Earth or of me. <laughs> I'm gonna go I with you. Both. All okay. right, but um, just so you know, Bill Persky is a five-time Emmy Award winner. Um, he's the author of My Life is a Situation Comedy. He, um, I mean, what would be the first one? Steve Allen to yeah, the, yes, to so, Dick ma- Van so Dyke. many different shows. Yeah. Yes, to, to, to that girl, to, to Kate, Kate Nally, to Sid Caesar. Shows that didn't make it. Bill that Cosby, long. who's the boss? Right. Amazing. I mean, a, a very, a very happy career with only one bad experience what no way what uh, after 21 years of my partnership with sam Sam danoff which was a great relationship i decided that well first of all i decided that i could handle it all on my own because in partnerships usually there's someone who throws a hand grenade into the room and then someone who comes in is May I help anyone? Right, right. Right? <laughs> Sam was a grenade. Uh-huh. And I would come in, and, and, and then I realized you don't need to throw hand grenades. You just come in, and right. you do what you got to do. But I also wanted to be a director, and that's a very singular thing. Right. No one in the world but me wanted me to be a director. Right. But I was going to be. So we ended the partnership, and in, in L.A., or I guess in general, partnerships People are afraid when they break up because they don't know who was the good one, right? Right. (laughs) So they don't want to take any chances. Now, you think all partnerships, there's a bad one and a good one. Well, I don't think there's a grenader. I don't think necessarily there's a bad one and a good one or a a power and a lesser. I think, though, that that's how how people think of it, you know, that the two, they're not equal. Somebody is better than the other. Like talented or their personality? All around. Probably talented. One of them is funnier. Right. Uh, One of, well, they know you, they know how you are after a while. Everybody knows the way, (laughs) in terms of how you behave and stuff. So anyway, it was very tough for me to get directing jobs, but Steve Gordon the great Steve Gordon. Do you know who he is? No. Steve Gordon wrote the and directed the original Arthur. Oh, okay. Oh, of yes. which there should never have been another uh, one. Uh, no. Duh, that was perfect. It was even the theme song. Yeah, yeah. it was. Steve was one of the one of the most brilliant writers I've ever encountered. And his whole he could quote every Dick Van Dyke show. You tell him the show, and he would do all the dialogue. No wow. way. Yeah. So he used to hang around the Van Dyke show. Apparently. And, and, and then uh, he started doing some stuff of his own. And then he wrote a pilot for Danny Thomas called The, P- the Practice, which was about a angry old ring-your-bell doctor yep. uh, in Brooklyn who hated the way the world was going. Mm-hmm. But So Danny played it, and, and they... Signed me to be the director, so that was the, the beginning. Then the next thing I got was two welcome back Cotters. Oh, nice! <laughs> no. <laughs> so was John Travolta an asshole? John Travolta was the only one 
who was who nice. Who I loved. Really? The really? nicest, sweetest, most cooperative no way. person in the that world. Was, that was pre-Scientology. In the, in the world. Wow. Uh-huh. In the world. The rest of them were pains in the ass. Like Gabe Kaplan. Ga- well, Gabe was not thrilling. But the worst was Jimmy Comack, who was the producer. Right. And I thought he was my friend, which is why he gave me the job. But while we had a run-through, you know, a run-through, you rehearse, you rehearse, and then you run through for the network right. and the, the, the bosses and stuff. And he criticized everything I did, but in a, in a very demeaning way, and I, I really couldn't understand it. Huh. And then the next day, it was the same thing. And I found out that he had a secret hatred for me and for Sam because we had won an Emmy that he was up also Oh, up he was for. up. Oh, that's yeah. so mature. So, yeah. That's and then oh, at the he end. He should of, hold on to that. At the end of the first show, I yeah. just said, I don't want to do another one. You know, it's not worth it. Good. And then I went on to victory after victory. See? Um, now, you were born in New Haven, Connecticut. Yes, I was. In uh, 1931. 1931. Yes. Yeah. As Alan <clears throat> Irwin Persky. Persky. Yes. But then did, your uncle died, right? And they, my, they... my father's brother had been in World War One and had been, he was uh, injured by mustard gas and he died and his name was Billy. Right. So they, um, everyone started to call me Billy. And I was never Alan anywhere. But of course my parents were a little strange because my sister is Russell and they called her Bunny and everybody right. only knows her by Bunny. <laughs> right. She, if she signed something to sell, they call the police. Oh, that's... Uh, so anyway, I, I went through life as Billy. Right. And... Uh, you moved around a lot. Oh, yeah. Because your dad was... Well, a- it was it was the Depression. Right. And you used to uh, go to bed someplace, and in the middle of the night, they'd move someplace else because the rent was due the next day. Right. <laughs> and it was very disconcerting. And right. Not great, not great stability. And uh, my father thought that the depression was a mental thing, which he managed. Right. He was not a happy guy. Right. And uh, my mother was a great soul, but nobody, there wasn't a lot of laughing. Right. That's interesting. Ironic. Yeah. Um, And then Carnival Barker, traveling salesman. Yeah. Really? Oh, yeah. He was an auctioneer in the end. And he'd go to military bases and sell Oh, wallets. my God. You've been talking to my daughter. Mm-mm. No? Mm-mm. I got a little from her. Oh. Well, yeah. the, the funniest thing is during the war, my father, he, God, God bless him, he, he, earned, he put it all together for us in jobs that, you know, nobody ever dreamed. He made up jobs. He would go and buy a bunch of cheap wallets. Right. And a bunch of cheap fountain pens and cheap watches. And he would go to an army base, and as the guys came out, he would have a wooden stand on his truck, on his car, and he'd put it up, and he'd sell a pen, a watch, and a wallet for $10. Right. Of which he made nine profit, I think. But uh, at any rate, one night, we had a 1,000 watches, and we had to wind them up, and see that they worked. Right. And they were all radium dial because right. that's what everything was right. back then. In the middle of this mound of watches on the on the table, there was an air raid alert. And we turned off all the lights, 
but there was this green hue, oh, like funny. a Frankenstein right. movie. And it, the warden came to the door. He said, "Put out all the lights." We said, right. "They're out." He said, yeah. "What is this?" He couldn't figure. Watch. He put a blanket over. It. That's amazing. Okay, now it's Lenny's right. turn. I got to hear something now, about Lenny. Lottie Persky <laughs> is Lottie, your mother. Lottie. She all, she worked too, right? Lottie, yes, she was. So she wasn't funny. Lottie's. Lottie nah. was, she had a sense of humor, I, okay. you know, but she didn't make jokes or anything. And, no, but and Bunny, Bunny married Grossinger from Grossinger's. She married a hotel. Yes. Wow. No, How she, was that? I played there. Yeah? Yeah. Long, I mean, a long time ago, right before it closed. Oh, well, that, you'd had nothing to do with that, I assume. <laughs> um, yeah, I think I, no. <laughs> he <kidding>. closed Grossinger. <laughs> I, and I went with... Um, who was it? Uh, Buddy Hackett. Oh, God. He Stop. asked me to open for him. <laughs> wow. And then he, um, before I went on stage, he was like, give me a kiss. I'm like, no, ew, <laughs> you're gross. <laughs> and then he put his head in my boobs and went, you know, like very, he was very nice to that, women. That's, that's Buddy. <laughs> yeah. Yes, so, I loved working there. I was a lifeguard in the summer. Right. And uh, it was a great, because I. Uh, that's where I met and got involved. You know, thinking of comedy. Right. You know, that one of the things no one knows about Mel Brooks. Mel Brooks was hired at Grossinger's to write a show. They Every year, every summer, they had a staff show right. where the waiters and everybody would do the show. They hired Mel to write it. And while he was there, the Wednesday night variety show was secondary acts, you know. Right. Ming and Ling, the Chinese acrobats, would right. be Saturday. And... Mel was the the comic on this Wednesday night. He insulted the people so badly they threw him off. He was run off the grounds that no night, way. never to be seen again. I was hysterical sitting there <laughs> right. listening to him, but he was he was making jokes about mink stoles and things. And oh, oh that's God. hilarious! It was awful. So that he pissed the audience off. Oh, he pissed the audience off. They complained. So they uh, have the same sense of humor as Donald Trump. Yes. Okay. None. <laughs> Do you know, has anyone pointed this out to you? No one has ever seen Donald Trump, Trump laugh. laugh. Never. I, ever. I say that he all the time. He has that sneer smile. He's incapable of laughing. And he yeah. never laughs. Because he's a fucking asshole. <laughs> He's not. There's something wrong with him. He, oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Something. Countless. Oh, there's a lot of stuff. Yeah, countless. countless. So you lived in Arkansas. Yes, I did. I was the first Jew. Is that what? true? First Jew to go to the Ramble Street School. <laughs> Wait, how do you get from? This is bef- this, this is, is my father. My father. This was when I was nine. And okay, my so. father got a job. Right. At an auction gallery out there. I mean, yeah. wherever there were rich people. Right. They would have auction galleries and it was a big scam which would take a whole whole program right but they sold diamonds and stuff like that right and so he went to hot springs he was a brilliant salesman my father and he could just keep talking which i can do and you will see uh and my sister can do and my dog can do right uh so anyway i i was enrolled in the ramble street school which that's on, where Bill Clinton went. Well, right? that's a funny story. I, did you know what happened with him? No. Oh, I'll get to that in a minute. Uh, so anyway, this was such a remote school on top of a mountain that a kid was bitten by a rattlesnake during recess in the playground. I mean, this was... So we do need guns in schools. This was, <laughs> yes. This was remote. Right. 
And I was the first Jew, and they had been waiting for me for 2,000 years. <laughs> <laughs> finally made it. They literally felt for my horns. No way. Absolutely. Oh, my God. And my worst antagonist was this name. I've tried to write about this experience and find the right name right. that worked as well as his name. Right. Arliss Simpson. Mm. You can't. No. I mean, is there an image of Arliss? Yes. Uh, in a hood. He was the size of a house. Yeah. I, uh, yeah. Uh -huh. He was 14 years old. Right. In my grade. I right. was in the fourth grade. And I was nine. Right. He was ferocious. Right. The first time I saw Arliss, when I was walking to this school along a back road past some farms, Arliss was pulling his father's plow oh before God. school. Right. So that's big. Right. <laughs> anyway, uh, he, you know, they started to push me around, hit me and stuff. And I thought, were they calling I, you like Jew? Jew boy, kite? yeah, kite. And uh, so, at one point, I just picked up a piece of wood from a fence and smacked someone in the head, and they stopped. And I became. Wanted a gang. Oh my God. Wow. Like a, Wait, like, what happened like to the guy in the mentality. head? I know. What uh, happened to the guy in the head? It was nothing serious, oh, but right. it's that I fought back. <laughs> Jews, right. Jews don't do that. Right. So among the guys in the gang were Gilly Wooten. How's that? Try Gilly it. Wooten. Gilly Wooten. Yeah. And Jimbo Reen Walker. Right. I mean, it was just hysterical. And they were all older because everybody in school was was being held back. I was right. the youngest kid in the in the ninth grade. They're all in Congress Big. today. In, yeah. in the fourth grade, excuse me. <laughs> I was all yes, yeah. yes, yeah. at least. And uh, the thing about Clinton was, I went to an event because he went to Ramble Street School, right? And I went to an event. And there was this whole. A friend of mine was very close to them. She said, "You want to meet him?" And I said. Yeah, but and so we got in this mosh of people, you know, and uh, he was walking his way through, and he was brilliant. It's like he'd look at you, yeah. put his hand out, and then turn his eyes away to the next person, right? And it was like a right. his hand was like a snake going right. through. It was magnificent. So good at that. But it he was, always makes eye contact. Always yeah. makes eye contact, and, and acts and like he, yeah. And he, he came yeah. to me, and he, I took his hand and he then was off to the next person and I said I went to Ramble Street School and he stopped in shock and he said no stuff really <laughs> <laughs> you're gonna meet someone at a fancy event in New York City who went to Ramble Street School not likely right that's amazing yeah. I love Bill Clinton. I mean, a, he was he, he was, was a good president, but he, he shouldn't have gotten the blowjob. All yeah. right. Anyway, okay. So you're growing up. I'm tired of me. What's with him? Wait, no. <laughs> so <laughs> when did they you know say me. something funny? They, they know me, huh? They know me, but yeah, I don't. He's not funny. Oh. I mean, I know of you. Oh, yeah. Oh. Welcome to Play It, a new podcast network featuring radio and TV personalities talking business, sports, tech, entertainment, and more. Play it at play .it. Okay, so All when right. did you get your first TV? Or did you listen to the radio? Like, what was... Oh, yeah, listen to Henry Morgan and Fibber uh -huh. McGee and Molly. And you used to put the radio under the covers because you had to go to bed early. Right. And, you know, listen to And no things. headphones, kids. And uh, <laughs> then my sister, after she married into the Grossinger family, she went to an event 
that was for Joey uh, Adams. Joey Adams, and he gave they gave out uh, a, a book to everybody. Right. Clown clowns of the round table. Mm-hmm. And so she gave me the book, and I started to tell the jokes. And I started to get people. People started to laugh. I said, "This is fun." And by the time I got to college, I was doing stand-up. Right. Yeah, and uh, <laughs> and impressions. Everybody did impressions. Right. You know, today, give me an, your impression of George Clooney. You can't. You can't. You can't. Brad Pitt. Do Brad Pitt. You can't. No, can't. Fuck you, Angelina. They are, are un. Impressionable. <laughs> right. There's nothing distinctive about right. Right. about actors today. Right. Everybody back then, Humphrey oh, Bogart, yeah. everybody, you had an act. Bella Lugosi. Everybody. Oh, that is true. There's nobody. Yeah. There's nobody. Well, because they're also good looking. Yeah, it's all about how good looking yeah. you are. Yeah, and and so there's nobody in person. Singers, I guess you can do, but right. back then you could do Vaughn Monroe. You could do Louis Prima. It was a field day. Right. And I once. Was at my oldest daughter's school. I was screening a uh, pile, a, a television special that I just done, and they invited me up for their television class and stuff. And I was interviewed for the school paper, and the <laughs> the girl said, "Were you ever a performer?" I said, "Yeah, I used to do an act of." Uh, Impressions of actors, most of whom are now dead. So when the paper came out, it said Dana's father used to do impressions of dead actors. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> and the funny thing is, they were so funny. distinctive, you could yeah, do right. them dead. You know, you'd have Humphrey yeah, Bogart. You really you'd have it. Humphrey Bogart right. clearing his thing. You had Jimmy yeah. Cagney pulling up his pants. <laughs> right. All right. So when did you get a TV? Got into TV. No, when did you get yeah. your first? Oh, TV? get the first TV. I guess it was in 1948. Wow! Before that, we used to. My friend's father had a bar, and we used to go there to watch the shows. Wow! And what was your favorite show? Well, Uncle Milty, of course. Right, Milton, Milton Berle. It was hysterical. Wow! And even even when did he have a huge penis? They all say he had the hugest. <laughs> yes, wiener. it was between him and Forrest Tucker. Believe it. Or I not. don't even know who Forrest, Forrest from, Tucker from, uh, was. An F actor, Troop, right? Troop, oh, F Troop. F yes, yes, yes. And uh, there are a couple of uh, major schlongers out really? there. Really? <laughs> yes, but Milton. But Milton, Milton, yeah. Milton did not have to back off. Did he um, talk about it all the time? His big penis. He showed it a lot. He did. <laughs> well, somebody Wouldn't said. You? you know the uh, the joke about <laughs> Milton Berle and and Forrest Tucker had a, a contest of who had the biggest penis. Right. And somebody said to Milton, who won, Right. he said, you actually took it out in a crowd? He says, only enough to win. <laughs> ah, I love that. Okay, so um, you, where'd you go to college? Syracuse. Oh, that's a great school. It was then, and I guess it is It now. is now, yeah, yeah. Okay, so uh, you graduate. Barely. Well, that's good news. Well, yes. What did you want to do when you got out of there? Uh, you know, I had no idea. I really didn't. Uh, I studied advertising and psychology. Everybody who studied psychology did it to learn more about themselves. Right. None of them, them, them planned to ever yeah. use it. You know. <laughs> and then I got out, and uh, 
I had a cousin who had a small advertising agency, so I got a job there. In New York City. In New York City as uh, the gopher. You right. Know? I got $30 a week. I had... Uh, That's how much we get for our sets. I yeah. had a... I had a green... They had a olive green suit from... Uh, what store was it? Jeez. Uh, anyway, they all had the Barney's. olive green. No, it was Paul Stewart. And oh, yeah, yeah, it yeah. It was a, gr- a really great right. button-down thing and a tie and a Panama hat and a briefcase. Right. And all I ever carried in my briefcase was sandwiches for right. people. <laughs> when I went out to lunch, I'd go with, put right. the sandwich in and strut down <laughs> right. the street. And uh, so oh, I got to do... I wish there was a picture of that. I would love to I see got that. to do everything because right. it was very small. And uh, they had a product... The Rotobroil 400, roast toast, broils, boils, fakes, and fries all at the same time. Okay. You couldn't stop it because right. there was only one heat source. If right. you put it on top, it <laughs> boiled. If you put it underneath, right. it barbecued or baked. And so uh, they sponsored a lot of shows, you know. And uh, one of them was the Steve Allen show. Right. And they did the. They were the original sponsor of Ernie Kovacs. Oh yeah, show. yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And I used to do all the. I used to prepare all the commercials. You know, like do the food on the spit and the right, right thing. And I worked for Steve Allen uh, some years later, and I told him something. I confessed to something that had been a disaster right. in the studio. <clears throat> I stopped on the way to the show when he was in WOR on Seventh on Broadway, and used to have to have everything. You'd have a turkey or a chicken in the rotisserie. You'd have potatoes underneath. You'd have a Pyrex pot on top right. with, with vegetables in it. You'd have buns warming and stuff right. like that. So I stopped and I bought a can of Brussels sprouts. Mm-hmm. And I got to the studio to prepare everything, and I didn't realize that the can was dented and had been sitting next to the heat pipe. Uh-oh. So when I opened the can, Exploded. a genie came out. <laughs> Literally, a genie, and got sucked into the air conditioning. I was like a foot from the air conditioning, into, and this green thing went and filled the entire place, and they had it desert the theater and they did the show on, <laughs> they did the show on the street which led to the man on the street in right. a way but i told that to steve i was always so embarrassed <laughs> so was that what was your first writing job my first writing job believe it or not was uh uh oh jeez what was the puppet the little howdy writer, doody, howdy howdy doody. doody. Wrote, a, wrote a script for howdy doody and invented a character and it was Howdy was going to the North Pole, and he encountered a pigloo, which was a combi- which was a igloo with a snout face <laughs> right. on it. I never got paid for that actually. Uh, I would if they'd have made right dolls, now. I'd have gone <laughs> right. after. So that was kind of freelance. I had a, a friend from Atlantic City who we were writing together, and then he left, went to Atlanta, went to Philadelphia to work for his brother-in-law in an ad agency and then i started writing stand-up right for uh, for whom anybody george shapiro was right my, who who is a major manager george, george shapiro shapiro west george shapiro is you know george you ever well, come i've across? met george he yeah. is the 
most adorable. <laughs> I know he's so cute. How Killer. can he be? Tiny man. But he like, is. how can he be such a good manager and be so sweet and cute? Because and nice? he's he's also a great sweet businessman and he knows underneath i mean he took jerry and andy yeah. kaufman he found mm-hmm. and you know mm-hmm. and he been with them ever Forever. since he was with you know jerry ever since i know and uh but uh, when sam danoff and i were working at wnew we did a christmas show there and uh it was really great made fun of everybody wrote right. songs and this little guy came up to us and said uh hi i'm george shapiro i'm with the morris office and i would like william to represent, morris yes. i would like to represent you well no one had ever said that before right and he said i would give you my card but until yesterday i was in the mail room <laughs> so, so he just I, broke too i said i don't care if you're still in the mail room right. or you ever get a card right. no one ever and so he started to represent us. And wow. this is 1955 ish? No, yeah, right around okay. 55, 56. Wow. Good. good. And uh, we, we wrote for a, a lot of acts. But the, 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 the funniest thing, the first time we ever got paid was we wrote for a comic named Jimmy Casanova. Mm-hmm. And we were going to get $500 for, to write him something. So we met with him and he said, we said, we have a great bit on your name. And he said, what's fin- funny about Jimmy? <laughs> so you know why you've never heard, you know yeah, why right. you've never never heard, heard of him. <laughs> so, idiot. So we wrote a thing and he performed it once at one of those wedding, yeah. come yeah. in here and get married, eat food, right. get sick, get the presents right. and never come back right. here again. And the bride and groom were not great. The food was not great, and he and sucked. Jimmy was not great. But he did pay us. He endorsed a check for six hundred dollars that he got from an insurance company <laughs> for an accident he had in the revolving door at Bloomingdale's. <laughs> and that's how you got paid. Who and the he, fuck gets in an accident in the revolving uh, door? Jimmy Casanova, and he, he signed the check, and it was he wouldn't take a check for the for the. Extra hundred dollars. We had right. to give him cash. Wow. Um, <laughs> that you sounds went like to the school. bit, by the way. Huh? The that what? sounds like the bit. I got stuck in a revolving door. I got hurt in a revolving oh, door. Oh yeah, yeah. That'll right. be a good bit. Is that is that, is that a bit of yours? No, it no. should be. He's it's gonna great, write one. They now, don't have revolving well, doors anymore. Yeah. I think just yes, for that. Yes, they do. Yeah, they, they do. do. Yeah. You just came in one. The ones, right, the ones that uh, at, I hate uh, the ones that move by themselves. Yeah, Columbia Presbyterian. What the fuck is that shit? Well, it, <laughs> and, and they're they move, so slow. They're slow, yeah. I actually more people of are injured. Of course, you mention a hospital. More, yeah. more <laughs> people are injured in that uh, in that revolving door right. at Presbyterian than are coming there. Right, injured because <laughs> Boom, there's start, the bed. Hello, you start to walk. <laughs> you bang into the door. I know. And it's it like ridiculous. I'm like, move are, it. People are trapped. Look and then sometimes it. it goes fast. It'll move really fast. And yeah. then, uh, fuck the it. The airport has that. Yeah. So um, you went to college with Peter Falk? Yes. Peter Falk and Bob Dishy. Do you know Bob Dishy? No. Yeah. Great comedian. Very funny. Wait. An actor. He was in everything. You know Bob Dishy. He was I in do. a lot of stuff. I'll he, show you a picture. All right. He's, what a, about, he's an actor. He's not a stand up. What about Peter Falk's eye? Was it like that before? Yeah. 
okay. Yeah. I thought something <laughs> That's it. To him. <laughs> yeah, I just was. All right. <laughs> okay. So um, you got your big break writing with Dick Sean. For Dick, Dick Sean. Yeah. Yes. Uh, at the Copacabana? No. At, at the at... Copa. Oh, yeah. I know that Bob Dishy. She was in everything. He's a big Broadway guy, yeah. too, right? His yeah. wife's name yeah. is Judy. Yes. Okay, here you go. And uh, so we we wrote this, you know, one of the things that the day, we got so hot. I thought you were going to say hi. So right. hot that we actually were introduced to, right. ro- to uh, Steve Ross. Uh, St- ro- uh, what? Steve Allen. No, Rossi and and Marty Allen. Allen and Allen. Oh, Ma- yeah, yeah. Jesus, Marty I got to tell you, I'm going to have to have an exam because names are not flying. Oh, please, know, hello. The so they were the they were the f- biggest thing after right. Martin and Lewis. Right. And we had been writing for a team and doing really well, and they had been managed by Joe Scandori, right? Who was Don Rickles' manager. So okay. He kind of recommended us, and we went to John see. Wait, we, we, yeah. we went to see Alan and Rossi at the Copa. At the Copa, and I gotta tell you, I hated them. <laughs> really? I just hated them. Why? They weren't funny. He couldn't sing. It right. Was, you know, it was just. I just didn't want to be there, and I right. knew they were coming to the table. <laughs> Afterwards, oh, when you had to an meet act with like, us, right. I came up with the best. What'd you thing. say? So they came to the table and they're unbuttoning their shirts and wiping the sweat off and picking up napkins from tables and and wiping the sweat and a woman grabs. It. I mean, it was awful, you know. <laughs> they finally get to the table and they look at me and they say, "Huh?" I said. God, do you do 40 minutes? Ah, that's good. <laughs> All I did was say how long, and then they took it the rest of the right. way. So that's we, we great. Did, we did they didn't do write... well, though? You just didn't like them? Did they do well? I just or... never found... Yeah, they were, they were the they people well. were on the floor, you know, yeah. but I just never found them right. funny. And anyway, as a result of Joe Scandori, we got to write for Dick Sean, who was right. one of the biggest talents. I mean, he so never... Funny. He never was recognized or known at, as broadly as he should have been. Right. He was he was amazing. And he wanted to do a musical version of Lolita, <laughs> which had just come out. Right. So we wrote him a 30-minute show with four, five songs, original songs of, of Lolita. And w- he was going to introduce it at the... Delano in Miami. Right. Where also were appearing were Sophie Tucker. Oh. And Don Rickles in the uh the the lounge, the bar downstairs. Right. And right. Don was a really angry really angry, not playing angry. Right. He was angry and guttural and he was drinking a lot and everything. He was really kind of a you know he was a major force and so anyway we left to go down to see it over the weekend Sam and I while we were on the last plane to get out of the city in one of the biggest snowstorms that had happened in a few years and we couldn't get back to New York until Monday Right. so we spent 
two days in Miami with Dick Sean, Sophie Tucker. And oh Tyler my God, Foster. I have to hear about Sophie Tucker. Oh, she Wait, was... I have to go to the bathroom so bad. Seriously? Yeah, yeah I can't believe it. Well, I'm ahead. trying to hold it in. Well, don't hold it in. We'll right, talk. Go. We'll talk. All right. I'll ask him about Rickles and you'll come back no. to stuff. What? I'm taking a little break. Okay. All, all right. right. Thank you all for listening. And as we always say, <laughs> so long! Uh, everything was wonderful. I'll see you soon. Thank you for the visit. So long. Uh...